Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. Let's go to James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. Is anyone among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry or joyful? Let him sing psalms. That's praise. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith. Everyone say the prayer of faith. That's very important to understand. Not any kind of prayer, but the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith, okay? The prayer of faith shall what? Save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed any sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So sometimes sin is the reason that there might be an entrance of sickness or disease because obviously sin is going to open the door for the enemy not always, but sin could definitely be a reason. And you got to make sure that there is no sin. You got to close that door. You got to repent. You got to deal with it because, you know, otherwise your prayers are kind of in vain. You understand me? So, in order to pray the prayer of faith, there, must, there can be no unforgiveness because unforgiveness is sin or any other sin. So, you got to make sure that there is no sin. You got to deal with it. Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effectual, fervent prayer. Amplified says makes great power available. Dynamic in its working. Amen? Dynamic in its working. Great power available. Dynamic in its working. So the effectual prayer of a righteous man or a woman. You must understand, and that's actually what this whole new creation realities class was really about, is understanding our righteousness in Christ, really, and what righteousness is about, what righteousness makes available. It, it's been a powerful class. Amen? So you must understand that you are righteous by the blood of Jesus. When you put your trust in the Lord, when you've been born again, when you've been saved, you've received a divine nature, you received the Heavenly Father's DNA, and you received God's righteousness. You've been made righteous by faith. In the blood of Jesus Christ. So as a righteous man, as a righteous woman, as a righteous believer, you can stand in a place of authority and pray the effectual fervent prayer that's going to release great power in your prayer life. That's called the prayer of faith. That's the one that Jesus talks about in Mark 11 when he says in verse 22, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. And if you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, Right, And if you will say without doubting in your heart, you will have exactly what you say. Amen? So you've got to speak to the mountain. The prayer of faith speaks with authority. Prayer of faith doesn't beg God. The prayer of faith doesn't... It's, it, it, the prayer of faith is, oh Lord, you know, if it be thy will. The prayer of faith doesn't beg. The prayer of faith speaks with authority. And so that authority comes from understanding your righteousness in Christ because righteousness is the ability to stand in boldness with 
assurance, right? The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. Hallelujah. The wicked flee where no man pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. So your righteousness, understanding your righteousness in Christ gives you that boldness. That's why the Bible says you can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace for your time of need. Why? Whatever your need is, you can come boldly. Righteousness gives you the ability to come boldly before the throne of God without feeling guilt or shame, without feeling you're unworthy, without feeling like you're just a beggar, that you're going to come and just beg God. We are not beggars. Amen. We are co-heirs with Christ. Amen. We are co-seated with him, jointly seated together with him in heavenly places. We are joint heirs. Amen. We have joint seating. We are placed in the place, position of highest authority because Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. And just as the Father sent me, I send you. He said, go into all the world, preach the gospel. Those who believe in my name, they will do what? Cast out demons. How is it that you can cast out demons? Because of the righteousness of God and the boldness, that authority you've been given. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Speak with new tongues. So you can see speaking in tongues is, is a part of you understanding your authority, amen, and your righteousness. Because you see what happens in religion. The same religious circles that doesn't believe in speaking in tongues, they also don't understand righteousness. They believe that they're all still sinners, and they're all beggars. They're always begging God, and they're always unsure of themselves, and they never, they never have that confident assurance that the Lord is with them, mighty to save, mighty to deliver. Amen. They don't understand their authority. So understanding your righteousness and authority is a very, very important part of your prayer life, because without that, your prayer life is going to be very weak. But when you understand your righteousness in Christ, and the authority that you have in the name of Jesus and your position that you're seated together with him in heavenly places according to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 5. You can now operate in boldness. You can operate in authority. Hallelujah. That's why the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person, a believer in, in Christ, born again believer, blood bought, blood washed, filled with the Holy Ghost, born again Amen, is going to receive, release great power, dynamic in its working, dunamis power, Amen. dunamis power, the kind of power that heals, the kind of power that works miracles, the kind of power that raises the dead. So you need to understand your authority in Christ and pray with that authority. Look at verse 17. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. He was just another regular man. We, let's not you know, make him anything more than what he is. He was just another man like we are, but he was called and he was anointed. Amen. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought, brought forth its fruit. Think about it. One man prayed, and it stopped raining for three and a half years. And then he prayed again, then it started to rain. How much of, think about Joshua. They needed one more hour to win the battle. And he's like, Lord, we need one more hour. And the Lord said, command the sun and the moon to stand still. <laughs> Maybe, I guess that's where that extra hour comes from. 
in the, in the year. <laughs> Hallelujah. They came before the Red Sea, and here comes Pharaoh's armies right behind them. I mean, they're pretty much landlocked because behind them is Pharaoh's armies. In front of them is the Red Sea. And Moses is like, Lord, what do we do? He says, stretch out your rod. And then here comes the Red Sea parted. And they walked across on dry land. So God not only parted the sea, he dried the land in, a, in an instant. So they didn't have to walk through mud. What a supernatural work that was. Just like that. Hallelujah. So what, what do we see here? Faith in operation. This is the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is, it's actually the prayer of faith doesn't need a lot of words. The prayer of faith doesn't need a lot of words. It's like Red Sea, part. Mountain, move. Devil, come out. Sickness, leave. Hallelujah. So the prayer of faith shall save the sick. What does that mean? You've got to pray the right prayer. When people don't understand the type, that there are different kinds of prayers, they'll take a prayer like the prayer of consecration that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, which is the only time you ever really even see that prayer. Lord, if it be thy will, you know, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. If it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. But he knew the Father's will, that he was to go and die on the cross. But Father, not my will, let your will be done. That's called the prayer of consecration. When you actually know the will of God, but your flesh is kind of getting in the way, and you basically have to put your flesh under how you feel, which, I mean, Jesus was not feeling in his humanity. He was absolutely, his flesh was being tormented with what he was about to face. The Bible says he sweated drops of blood. He was under so much stress and pressure that he actually sweated blood. That means some blood vessels must have burst in his forehead here in his face. And, and that's actually proven that that can happen when somebody is under tremendous stress and pressure. But So his body was about to be tortured like no man. The Bible says he was marred beyond recognition. He resembled no man. He was beaten and bruised so badly. Imagine the pain and the suffering, the torture that he went through. That's not easy knowing what you're about to go through. But you now consecrate yourself to that. Amen. So if it be thy will is the prayer of consecration. It, that is not to be prayed when you pray according to the will of God. Because, right, we've looked at that. Go to 1 John chapter 5. That's kind of how we started this whole thing. Verse 14 says, and this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness. See, the privilege of boldness, confidence, assurance, boldness. You see that? The privilege of boldness that we have in him. We are sure. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to his will, in agreement with his own plan, he listens to and hears us. 
So when we ask according to his will, what do we have? A confidence, a boldness that he hears us. Amen. Amen. Is it his will to heal all? Yeah, we went through all those healing proofs. It is God's will to heal all. It is God's will that no one should perish, but all should come to repentance. It is God's will that we prosper. It is God's will that we walk in victory. It's God's will. We know his will. When we know his will, we don't have to pray, oh, Lord, if it be thy will. We know that it's God's will to heal all, because Jesus said, go lay hands on the sick. There are no conditions. He didn't set any conditions. Well, he did set a condition. He said, if you believe and use my name. Those are the two conditions. If you believe and use the name of Jesus, which is authority, and believing is faith, so faith and authority combined together, you lay hands on the sick, they recover. So when you're laying hands on the sick, you're not praying, oh, Lord, if it be thy will for this person to be healed. You know that it is his will. He said, go lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Not they may be. They will recover. They shall recover. So that is God's will. They will recover. It is God's will that they recover. It is God's will that they're healed. So that's the confidence. That's the boldness you have. That's the privilege of boldness when you go pray. When you lay hands on someone. When I lay hands on people that are sick, I don't doubt. I don't think about it. I just know. I, just know, I believe that the moment I lay my hands on them, I speak healing on them. I am expecting them to be healed. I'm expecting healing to manifest right at that moment. Why? Because I know God's word and I have the privilege of boldness and I can pray the prayer of faith, not the prayer of doubt and unbelief. Oh God, if it be your will. Amen. I know the will of God. And that's verse 14. And look at 15. And if or since we positively know that he listens to us In whatever we ask, or he hears us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted as our present possessions the requests that we made of him. Present, that means you possess it. You have to possess it now. Now faith. Faith comes to possess it. The moment you lay hands on someone for healing, you're expecting to possess the promise of healing to manifest. You're expecting it in the name of Jesus. You're expect, when you go lay hands on, you're expecting it. I'm, I'm expecting it to happen now. Because sometimes people pray, well, oh, thank you. Thank you, Reverend. Thank you, Reverend. Well, I hope that I will be healed. I said, hold on, hold on, no, no, no. That's not faith. Don't tell me you hope that you will. I want you to receive it now. Now faith. Believe that you, you're going to see the manifestation now. When I lay hands on somebody to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm not expecting it to happen next year. Well, hopefully, maybe sometime next year, they may start speaking in tongues. I'm expecting them to speak in tongues right now. Amen. Hallelujah. It's like when somebody comes and answers an altar call, we pray the, you know, sinner's prayer, salvation prayer at the altar call. I tell them, I'm here to tell you good news because you prayed that prayer and I know that you meant it. I'm here to tell you that all of your sins have been forgiven you right now. Why do you think we say that right now? Not tomorrow, not next month. Right now. Because God is always in the now. He's a now God. He responds now, not later, not 10 years from now. When I pray that prayer, I hope maybe, you know, five years from now I'll be born again. That makes no sense. You believe you receive right now. 
And that's how faith works. In everything you do. So your prayer life, you have to pray the prayer of faith. You believe and you receive. You don't doubt. You believe and you receive. When you stand to pray, the Bible says, you believe and you receive. When two on earth come together in agreement, you believe that you received. Because your heavenly Father will give you exactly what you've asked of him. So the prayer of faith does not doubt. The prayer of faith does not say, if it be thy will. Because the prayer of faith knows the will of God, prays according to the will of God. And the Bible says, when we ask according to his will, this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness that we have. That we have received the petitions that we have asked of him. Hallelujah. So I want to inject some some faith into your prayer life when you stand to pray i want you to pray with boldness i want you to pray with assurance i want you to pray in faith i don't want you to pray with uh, doubt and unbelief and maybe let me try to see if it works it is gonna work it is gonna work it will work because god's word works god's word never returns void hallelujah if god's word works make it work for you come on say this after me god's word is going to work for me. I'm going to work the word, and the word is going to work for me. Hallelujah. Why? Because God is for you, not against you. He's with you. Hallelujah. That's why you can say, save now, O Lord, I pray. Send now prosperity, O Lord, I pray. Why? It's now, now, not later, because later is always putting it off in the future. Hallelujah. Well, when, when is it? Well, I don't know. Sometime in the future. Well, when? I don't know. Hope sometime soon. It has to be now. Faith only works when you believe it and receive it now. You cannot put it off into the future. That's called procrastination. Don't pray the prayer of procrastination. Pray the prayer of faith. There is no prayer of procrastination in the Bible. Hey, come on. Let's come in agreement. Let's pray the prayer of procrastination. <laughs> God is not a procrastinator. God is a God that's now. God, God gets it done now. When you ask, God shows up. God doesn't, when you ask him, God doesn't say, let me think about it and I'll get back to you. And you never hear from him. People are like that, right? I'll call you. There was a guy who said, I'm going to call you Monday. He never called. I texted him. I thought you were going to call me. He didn't call back. I, there's, there's some people I'm still waiting to call me back for, for the last three years. <laughs> I'll call you back. Never call me back. That's been three years. Thank God God's not like that. Amen? <laughs> Thank God he's not like that. I'll call you back. He never calls back. I'll answer. And then he never answers. He always answers prayer. He answers. He responds to faith. He's not a procrastinating God. Amen? Some of you all are, but you need to stop procrastinating. You need to jump on the things. Hallelujah. I'm waiting on God. He's waiting on you to jump on things. Hallelujah. As soon as you get it done, he's going to get it done. Hallelujah. You want a miracle, but you haven't done anything. Every miracle has two, two factors. There's the human factor, and there's the God factor. Amen. Peter, go throw in a hook. The first fish you catch. Okay, that's pretty, I mean, that's natural. Anybody can throw in a hook. Anybody can catch a fish. But then there'll be a shekel in its mouth. Amen. Fill the water pots with water. Serve it. And then it turns into wine. Step out of the boat. Now you're walking on the water. He still had to step out of the boat. Anybody can step out of the boat. But 
Walking on the water is the God factor. Hallelujah. So there's, you all, you're always going to have to do something. What do you have in the house? Little jar of oil. Okay, go collect every empty vessel that you can find and start pouring. Collecting all those vessels, pouring, that's natural. Anybody can do that. But then God made sure that that oil just kept flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing nonstop until every empty vessel was filled. So God's always going to come and he's going to place a demand on you to act. That's faith. Faith is to act. If you don't act, you're not in faith. You're in procrastination. You're hoping for something to happen, but you haven't done your part. So when you pray, do your part. Pray. I like what this mighty man of God of old said. I pray like it all depends on God. Then I get up and I go out and I work like it all depends on me. Hallelujah. Some people, all they do is pray and they never put action. You got to put, listen, you ready for this? I'm going to give you a very, let me get up here so they can see. I'm going to give you a very, you ready for this? This is very deep now. This is, this is so deep. You ready? You got to take notes. Get your notepad out. Get your device. This, this is very deep now. You ready for this? Okay, now give me a full shot. Full shot. I, this is going to, okay. You got to put feet to your faith. You got to put feet to your faith. Very deep. You got to put feet to your faith. It's the faith walk. We walk by faith, not by sight. It doesn't say we sit by faith. It doesn't say we stand by faith. We walk by faith. Walking is an action. Sitting is inaction. Some of you are sitting. That's why you haven't seen results. Get moving. Get moving. Get moving in the direction. Get moving in the right direction. Get moving. Get moving. And you know what? You might even make a, a few missteps here and there. But what? Guess what? The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. The, the Lord will always adjust your steps. Trust me. It's much easier for God to make corrections in your direction when you're moving. Hallelujah. You can't take a boat that's tied to the, to the dock and steer it. You can turn the rudder all you want. It ain't going anywhere. But when you're untied from the dock and you start moving, that's when you can steer it. So it's much easier to steer a moving ship. You can't steer a ship that's tied to the dock. Some of you have been tied, tied down for so long. Get moving. <laughs> Get moving in the right direction. And pray the prayer of faith. And let me tell you something. If your prayer doesn't move you, it doesn't move God. If your seed doesn't move you, it doesn't move God. If your words doesn't move you, it doesn't move God. God's waiting on you. So that's, that's what I, I, I can't stand that teaching. I'm just waiting on God. I'll just tell you this, this thing with the building. I mean, I talked about it a while ago, and then a lot of stuff happened, and I, got, I just was dealing with a lot of things, and, you know, and it just kind of got on the back burner, and it actually kind of got under my skin. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something about this. I said, you know, this week, I'm just going to go there. I'm going to drive around the building every day once and pray in tongues and speak it and claim it. I gotta, I'm just going to start doing something. I got to get it back in my spirit. I got to get it back on my radar. I can't, I'm, I'm not going to just sit here and wait. Wait for something to happen. 
I'm going to make something happen. I'm going to store the water. Hallelujah. And we're going to put some documents together and start making some moves. Because, you know, we had this inside information that, you know, we heard. And then we, we're trying to get the guy to make the connection. He, he wouldn't. He wouldn't make the connection. I said, you know what? Forget it. I'm not waiting on anybody to make up their mind. I'm making up my mind. I'm going to go over there and I'm going to claim that thing. And I'm going to start doing something. You know, because... Otherwise, like, you know, it's always like, well, I'm going to get to it next week. And then something happens. You don't get to it. I'm going to get to it next week. How many of you have been in there? I'm going to get to it this, this week. And then you don't. And then you get, okay, next week I'm going to. And then the next week, you've got to get to it. You've got to finally get to it. <coughs> so there's no prayer of procrastination. It's called the prayer of faith. Hallelujah. Thank God. And he's going to move when you move. He's going to move when you move. Praise God. I'm going to look at another scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11. Lest, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices or tactics. Lest Satan get an advantage over us. For we are not ignorant of his devices or, or of his tactics. So here's the thing. Of course, he's got weapons. We know that. He's got weapons and he's got tactics. He's got strategies. But we are not ignorant of his devices. All right. Let me tie that to something. Ignorant. The word ignorant. Another place we find that word ignorant. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. For brethren, the apostle Paul says, I do not want you to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. What are the purposes? I mean, what, what, what is one of the purposes of the spiritual gifts? I mean, think about it. Word of knowledge. Supernatural ability to receive knowledge about the past and the present from the Holy Ghost. What about the word of wisdom? Supernatural information about the future. Discerning of spirits, the ability to see into the realm of the spirit, to see what kind of spirits are in operation. Prophecy, the gift of faith, working of miracles, gifts of healings, diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. So you got the power gifts, the gift of faith, the gift of working miracles, the gifts of healings. You got the utterance gifts, prophecy, diverse tongues, interpretation of tongues. You got the revelation gifts. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. Think about these. These are supernatural gifts that gives us the ability to see right through what the enemy is trying to plan. Whatever he's trying to plan, whatever he's trying to set up against you, you see right through it. Because you have inside information. You see it before it's coming. It's called prudence. Prudence is the ability to see something before it's coming. Prudence is the ability to, to discern and see the future. The Lord will give you wisdom, and you'll be a prudent man. You'll be able to see what's coming. You'll be ready. You'll be prepared. You'll avoid because you, we know we're not ignorant of the enemy's tactics. So this is why, for me, praying in tongues is so important. Because the more you pray in tongues, the more you become aware of what's going on in the realm of the Spirit. Some, some Christians, I mean, they are so clueless. They are so clueless. 
to what's happening in the realm of the spirit. Like, I mean, they're just lost as a goose in a thunderstorm. I mean, literally. If the Holy Ghost came and stood right in front of them, they wouldn't even know it. They wouldn't have any clue. They're so detached from the realm of the spirit. But how do you get in tune and in touch with the realm of the spirit? The more you pray in tongues, the more you will be sensitive in your spirit to the, to the realm of the spirit. And the enemy is operating in the realm of the spirit. So you want to be aware of his tactics, not be ignorant of his tactics. You got, you got the gifts of the spirit. That's why the enemy tries to keep the church ignorant of spiritual gifts. So they become ignorant of his tactics. But when you're not ignorant of his tactics, you see right through what he's doing. He set up a trap for you. You just sidestep it. Hallelujah. And you just wave at him. Bye-bye. You know, and you just, you're always one step ahead of the enemy. Hallelujah. You know what's coming. You, you're prepared. Hallelujah. You know things before they happen. You're not caught by surprise. Amen. COVID was not a surprise to me. I've been preaching on that stuff for years. I've been telling the church, people are not ready for what's coming. They're going to release biologically manufactured weapons and viruses. I was saying that back in 2010, 11, 12. I was saying it when I came here in 2017. I said, we're in the last days. People are not ready for what's coming. They're planning things. The enemy is planning things. The spirit of Antichrist that's working in the sons of disobedience, the world system. They're planning things in the financial realm. They're planning things in the technology. They're planning Things, you know, we were talking about Mark of the Beast, digital technology, AI, before it even existed 15, 20 years ago. Why? Because we have Bible prophecy. And we're praying. And we're in tune. Like the sons of Issachar. They knew the times and the seasons. Amen. We understand the signs of the the times. But some people are so clueless. Many pastors shut their churches down. They're clueless to what's happening. And they went right along with the agenda. I stood up here the very, very first day when the whole 15 days to slow the spread was starting. I said, this will not be 15 days. If we allow them, this will go for 15 years till the Antichrist comes. I said, we're going to take a stand right here. We're not shutting anything down. We're going to have church. Let the devil go to hell. We're not afraid of some virus. Amen. And then we, the Lord gave us a strategy on how to put everything together. And, and we, we took care of everybody. We had all the things we needed. I stocked up on hydroxychloroquine and, and, and vitamins. I, you know, I became Dr. Corey. I didn't know if I was Pastor Corey, Dr. Corey. People call, we had nebulizers. We had all the way of tracking everybody. As soon as somebody had any symptoms, you said, you have to call the church. We immediately put them on the silver bullet protocol. You know, we watched them for a week. And then, you know, if there was anybody that got around them, we watched them for five days because we knew the incubation period of the virus. We had a strategy in place right away. And Irene learned everything and helped me. And she was like, she was like the receptionist at a doctor's office. She, we had a whole list going. We put uh, systems, uh, and we still run them, the active pure system, NASA developed technology that zaps 99.9% of viruses right out of the air. We put all that stuff in. We're running a bunch of machines in the church. We're breathing clean, sanitized, sanctified air. <laughs> sanctified by the blood, blood of Jesus. But I mean, you know, and then we prayed whenever people, as soon as somebody got sick, I got on the phone and the Lord gave me three things to pray over everybody. Curse the foul virus to wither up from the roots in their body. Break the witchcraft curse that's attached to the virus. Wow. And rebuke the spirit of fear. Wow. 
So immediately the Holy Ghost spoke to me how to pray over people. We didn't have a single person die or anything in this church from COVID. Not a single person. Not on my watch. Not going to let some stupid virus take us out. And somebody said, how did you know about those three things to pray? The Lord spoke to me and the Lord spoke to Pastor Rose about along the same lines. She actually had, before the whole thing actually happened, she had a dream one night. She saw these men in white lab coats. They were concocting something in a laboratory like white lab coats. It was all white, bright lights. And they had these vials, these test tubes. And then they filled them up and they were looking at each other. They were saying that we made a deadly virus, but it's not deadly enough. And then they go from this one room to another room. Now, this room was dark. And there was people in there wearing these black robes that looked like Satanists. You know, they looked like witches and warlocks. These basically, you know, witch, witches. And then they were saying, speaking incantations and putting curses and spells on the virus saying go out and kill go go out go around the world and kill go around the world and kill and she woke up and she was telling me something is coming and then she had another dream that we were sitting on the beach her and i were sitting on the beach and there were some people from the church and so forth in our lives were sitting on the beach on these beach towels and all of a sudden this massive tsunami came and as the tsunami came it kind of parted right in front of us and the edges of our of our uh, 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 towels just got wet, but we, we were not affected. But many people were washed away with the tsunami. She said, something as big is coming, right? And 2019, in December, on December 5th, or I think December 5th or 6th, the day that Reinhard Bonnke died, we were having our graduation ceremony, the Saturday of our camp meeting in Istanbul, Turkey, River Bible Institute graduation ceremony, I'm putting on my robe and getting ready for the service. I get a text, Reinhard Bonnke has died. And immediately, the Spirit of the Lord fell on me, and I heard the, the Lord saying three things. 2020, he said, there's going to be big, huge changes coming. And then the Lord gave me the, the verse, but we all with an unveiled face, beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord shall be changed from glory unto glory. And then I said, the way of ministry is going to change this, doing ministry is going to change this year. Three things. And I came here, and then that New Year's Eve service, I shared that word. 2020, huge changes coming. But with an unveil, little did I know in three months, everybody was going to be forced to try to mask, double mask, triple mask, wearing hazmat suits to go to Whole Foods and whatever. So we had word of the Lord. We had, we had so many things coming. The tactics of the enemy. We knew what was coming. We weren't like, oh, what happened? We knew exactly what was coming. And as soon as the virus was released, I knew that I knew it was man-made. It was a biological weapon. It was a setup. Because it's all about global control. And it's all about pushing the vaccine and everything else that comes with it and all that other stuff. Population redu reduction agenda, eugenics. Because I've known this stuff for years. Because why? You will live by revelation. I, we preach by revelation. Amen. In 2010, the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night. He said, money changers. And then just like that, two months ago, the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night. He said, I heard, watch out for AI. I've known of AI, you know, but man, when I really started looking into it, this thing is far more advanced than I realized. It is really, really getting crazy. Have you seen some of the stuff they're doing with AI right now? And they're, they're going to have robots with artificial intelligence. 
I mean, it's, it's almost like watching the Terminator movies and literally this stuff, The Matrix. I mean, but again, all those movies were actually just basically brainwashing anyways, preparing for people what is to come. And I'll tell you what, the whole, and, and the other thing is, is what's happening with the whole climate change agenda. That's a, a lie and a hoax as well. There is no climate change. I got a verse for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 10, verse 22. As long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest time, summer and winter and hot and cold. That's it. That settles it for me right there. There is no cl climate change. It's a lie. And it's actually a lot of man-made stuff happening. Cloud seeding. And even this earthquake that happened in Turkey. I'm talking to so many people that saw blue flashes of blue beams that were flashing all across the sky before the earthquakes were happening. They got energy weapons that can actually trigger fault lines. All kinds of wicked stuff. And this is not conspiracy theory. This is all real stuff. And the next one you better watch out for is the whole alien invasion. No, I'm serious. Pentagon already published a paper saying that there's a, a, a mothership in Earth's orbit. Might even happen on Independence Day here on July 4th. da 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 and they got all kinds of stuff, UFOs flying around now, UFO, UFO. They're, they're pushing it in mainstream media. Why? Because what do you need to unite mankind? An exterior invasion, an alien invasion, and to unite mankind under one world government. And how do you explain the rapture when everybody, a billion people leave the planet? So they're all setting all of this up. And these are the enemy's taxes. I'm speaking in a general sense now. Of course, this is global and worldwide but then there's individual stuff that happens the enemy's trying to set up something you know form weapons against you but man when you're praying in tongues when you the gifts of the spirit are operating in you you're receiving wisdom from the holy spirit you have discernment you have understanding you have revelation amen now you're not ignorant of his tactics because you're not ignorant of spiritual gifts that God has given us as the weapons of our warfare that are not carnal but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. We have powerful weapons for the destruction of demonic agendas. Hallelujah. And, and we're dealing with all of these things. It's all around us, but we have power. And when we have revelation, we can pray the prayer of faith. When God speaks to you, now you can pray the prayer of faith. Now, the prayer of faith can be based on what you find in the Word. Healing, prosperity, we see all of those things, right? Breakthrough. But then, concerning your personal life. God can give you a, a word for you individually. And when you get a word from God, you, hold, you take that word and you speak that word. That's the prayer of faith. You believe it and you speak it. You have the spirit of faith. You believe God's word. You speak it. You have the spirit of faith, right? 2 Corinthians 4.13. Having the same spirit of faith, we believe God's word and we speak God's word. You, you have this, the, the, the spirit of faith and you pray the prayer of faith. But you cannot pray the prayer of faith without the spirit of faith. You can't pray the prayer of faith having a spirit of doubt and unbelief. Dearly beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the, in the Spirit, praying in tongues. Jude 20. So the more you pray in tongues, the more your faith is built up. Amen. The more your faith is charged, the more your spirit is edified, 
hallelujah, the boldness begins to rise up on the inside of you and you go start smacking, smacking things. Is not my word like a hammer? Is not my word like a fire? And you go and you take authority over the demonic things. You go and minister to people. You go to rehab. You go to this. You go to there. You see people under bondage and demonic oppression. You, take, you break those things. You go set the captives free. You destroy yokes of bondage. Come on, somebody. And you just, you're on the attack. You're on the, we're not on the defensive. We're on the attack. Jesus, Jesus wants a church that's on the attack. Most, most of the time, the church is just playing the defense. They're just letting things come to them, and now they're trying to defend against it. But we got to go on the attack. Go into all the world and go on the attack. Hallelujah. We are on the attack. The church must be on the attack. Hallelujah. We're not defending from the... We're attacking the devil. We're going after him. We're going to kick his butt all over town. Hallelujah. He's going to be sorry that he even tried to come at you. You're going to make him pay. Devil, you're going to pay for this. That's what I like about Pastor Ronnie. When his daughter passed at 18 years of age, he said, Devil, you're going to pay for this. I pledge, I pledge 100 million souls and a billion dollars into world missions and 100 million souls. You're going to pay for this. And the same thing happened when he was a teenager, 18 years of age. His older brother died in a freak accident at the chemical plant where he worked as an engineer. He inhaled some toxic poison. He died instantly, and his life was shaken. He was like 18, and and he was standing by the bedside of his brother saying, Devil, you're going to pay for this. Everybody's going to laugh at you around the world. Little did he know God was going to give him the ministry of joy. So just even us tonight, just being filled with joy, laughing, is the fulfillment of that pledge. Because the revival that spread with the joy just coming, filling people with the joy of the Lord, laughing at the devil. Like Job 5.22 says, at destruction and famine, you will laugh. Hallelujah. You get bad news, laugh at it. You got a bad report, laugh at it. Hallelujah. Somebody tells you it's not, it ain't going to work, you laugh at them. Hallelujah. When I was in Istanbul... A man called, up, called, called me up and said, I'm going to come and kill you. I laughed at him. I busted out laughing on the phone. He didn't know what to do. He hung up. I, I still haven't seen him. Hallelujah. Then I had another pastor from the city of Izmir call me. He said, brother, brother, brother. The police just called me and told me that they found a list of these terrorists and my name was on the hit list. I don't know what to do. I started laughing on the phone. He said, what are you doing? You're so insensitive. I said, I'm laughing at the devil. I said, you're in panic? I'm in laughing. I'm laughing. I'm in faith. Faith laughs. Fear panics. Come on. Faith laughs. Fear panics. What's your reaction going to be when you get bad news? Ha 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 ha
It says God sits in the heavens and laughs and sends his enemies into derision. When you laugh, the enemy is confused. He's like, what? I'm trying to kill him. He's laughing at me. going to borrow this sheet for a second and you get a bill you start laughing <laughs> I call it paid Lord you got a bill father you got a bill I'm just laughing some of you gonna laugh your way out of debt I like this night. It's getting really good here. It's getting really good. Laughter is good medicine. It's really good. Hallelujah. Yeah, some of these people. I'm an intercessor. And I'll look at them. They look like they've been to hell and back. What kind of intercessor? If you're a true intercessor, you should be full of victory and joy. No, there's a lady. I keep telling her every time that she comes... I'm, I'm, I'm an intercessor and, and she just tells me how depressed she is how beat up she I said lady stop it stop it and every time she comes I joy she gets and then she goes I needed it and then she leaves I don't see her for two three weeks shows up looks like she's been beat up and run over by a Mack truck and I'm an intercessor I said lady whatever you're doing ain't working If your intercession leads you into depression, something's wrong. Hello. Your intercession should lead you into freedom and joy and peace because you're getting breakthrough. You're getting people. I'm an intercessor, all black and blue, look like they've been in the ring for 12 rounds with Mike Tyson and got beat up, got knocked out. <laughs> if you're interceding truly by the Holy Ghost, there's always going to be victory, joy, and peace. But if you're inter interceding in the flesh, you're going to get beat up. Your intercession should be in the Spirit. Spirit of God intercedes through us. The will of God. And <laughs> Is this helping anybody here tonight? I know I just took away some of y'all's charismatic toys, but that's fine.
Back in the old building, there was a lady that came. Said, I'm an intercessor. They always look like this. I'm an intercessor. <laughs> Just looked at her like this. She, she, goes, she goes, if I don't pray for you, you're not going to make it here. I laughed at her. I said, what? Oh, you're going to take all the credit, huh? I want to come to church and I want to be in the back room praying. I said, no, you're going to be in the front row because I want to see how you react to the Holy Ghost. I took one look at her and I said, I don't want you interceding for me. I want somebody full of fire and joy if they're going to pray for me. Not looking like they're like, like a zombie from Netherlands. From the, from the religious Netherlands. <laughs> trying to be real practical in my prayer, you know. All these, I'm a prayer warrior. And they look so beat up. And they sing in the song, lose every battle. You know, what's that song? Win every battle. We were singing it tonight, weren't we? What was the song? Battle belongs to the Lord. Uh, fight on my knees. And I, you know, basically win every battle. They're like... I'm on my knees, I lose every battle. I don't, prom- I don't want you to pray for me. That's the song they're singing. I don't want a loser praying for me. I want a winner praying for me. I want somebody that can move mountains praying for me. I want to, move, I want to know somebody who knows how to take authority praying for me. I want to know somebody who, got, who, who gets results praying for me. Because it's crazy. Hallelujah. You never see Jesus... Say, hey, disciples, we're about to go into this tough city now. This, 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 this town is tough. Go ahead of me, please. Intercede. Open up a portal so that I can come and actually have miracles. thought to myself lady where were you when all when all the when i went all the different cities and had revival man no if god sends you he's with you you're god's man you're god's woman his hand is on you you carry the anointing you walk in authority you go in there hallelujah you put your foot down i'm taking possession of the land i'm coming in authority get out of my way devil I don't need nobody to come in and then cast, you know, clearing the air. When I go in there, the air is cleared. Amen. When I open my mouth, the air is cleared. Hallelujah. When I, <laughs> because, I'm not, <laughs> because I'm not oppressed. I'm free. People come and go, you feel the oppression in the room? I don't know. The only oppression is <laughs> when you walked in. <laughs> they're, always, they're always feeling oppression and darkness. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? I feel freedom. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel joy. I feel the fire of God. But I did feel the oppression when you walked in. <laughs> Come here, lift your hands, close your eyes. As you do, the power of God comes on you. Come out of her in Jesus' name. 
Because there's, there's, there's some people that are always aware of the devil. They're always aware of the demonic. It's like, like bro, <laughs> are you saved or not? <laughs> I'm aware of the presence of God. I'm aware of the glory of God. What are you focused on? Focus on Jesus. Why are you always focus? They're looking for a devil everywhere. Is there a devil here? Is there a demon here? Demon there? Old MacDonald had a farm. E-I-E-I-O. And a demon here and a demon there. And a demon everywhere. E-I-E-I-O. It's like... What song are you singing? Oh, the glory of your presence. That's all I'm singing. Not focusing on demons. Amen. Change your focus. Change, shift your mindset. Some people, they never get a breakthrough because they're always focused on what the devil's doing. And, and, and you would think that the devil has all this power and they're powerless. They can't do anything about it. No, man. You got power. You got authority. You got boldness. Go in, go in the name of Jesus. Go in your authority. Go, go pray the prayer of faith and move mountains and speak, speak life and speak breakthrough and take authority over whatever is coming at you and take authority over the thoughts that come at you and just rise up and walk in victory. Send now prosperity. Yeah. Hallelujah. I mean, there are literally people that will not come to these meetings because they think that somehow, somehow, they're going to pick up a demon. I had people, I had a lady come up to me, I want you to lay hands on me, but I don't know. What if I get a demon? I said, well, I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus that you get the Holy Ghost. And Jesus said, if you ask the Father for a loaf of bread, he ain't going to give you a stone. If you ask for a fish, he's not going to give you a snake. And if you ask him for the Holy Ghost, he's not going to give you a devil. So lift your hands, close your eyes. As you do, the power of God comes on you. You want the Holy Ghost or not? Lady comes up and goes, I don't want to get a demon. I said, lady, I don't have any demons to give you, so don't worry about getting a demon here. What's your focus? If you're asking God to come and move in your life, he's going to come and move in your life. He's waiting for an invitation. And prayer is an invitation. Prayer is an invitation. Your prayer life is an invitation for God to come and move. But it's going to take faith, not fear. Because if you come in, oh, I don't want to get a demon if you lay hands on me. That's fear speaking. You're not trusting God that if, when I pray for you in the name of Jesus, for the Holy Ghost, amen, you're going to get the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're going to get the Holy Ghost. You're going to get the Holy Ghost. Come on. <laughs> In closing, lift your hands. <laughs> lift your hands in closing. Say, say Father, Father, I trust you. I know that you want the best for my life. And your word says, whatever I ask the Father, in the name of the Son, Jesus, the Father hears me, and the Father will give it to me, and that my joy will be full. I trust you, Father. I trust you with my life. I trust you for my provision. I trust you for direction. You've got me. You're with me. I thank you. I worship you. Holy Spirit, you're in me. 
You're my helper. <laughs> You're the intercessor. You're my counselor. You're my teacher. You know all things. You see all things. You can do all things. Do a mighty work in and through me. I trust you to show me the way. You are the spirit of truth. I trust you to teach me, to guide me in all things. I will know all things. Hallelujah. I have an anointing from the Holy Ghost to know all things. I will not be ignorant of the enemy's tactics. I will always be one step ahead of the enemy. I'll walk in victory. I'll be prepared. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.